Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I'm your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy on the internet. Today's spicy episode is about kinky sex. It's about BDSM. We're talking about all the shit we never really talk about when it comes down to sex, which is our sexual fantasies, our fetishes, and just where we are on the spectrum. We're going to destigmatize a couple of things. We're going to unpack a couple of things, and we're going to delve into why it is that we have the fantasies, the the fetishes, the every the desires that we have. So Flex put me onto this test called the BDSM test. And I was just Amen. reading through my results right now, which are really interesting. So basically, this is a test to see where you lie on the spectrum of BDSM. Um, and then it gives you a very detailed breakdown of like, yeah, and we'll also link this in the description box below on SoundCloud if that's where you're listening from. And also we'll post it on our Instagram page at Bobo and Flex. Go and follow us if you haven't already followed us. Because what are you doing? <laughs> Bobo and Flex on Instagram. But basically, it's just a breakdown of where you stand on the spectrum, what type of kinks you have, what type of sex you'd prefer, what type of sexual partners would be best matched for you, that type of thing. Flex, give us a breakdown of how your results were looking. <laughs> I'm already trying to stifle my laughter because <laughs> it just makes so, so much sense. Okay, so yeah. my top five ranked. So mm-hmm. these are all above 95%. Oh, <clears throat> really? Oh, wait, bar one. Hold on. So 98%, I got a brat and a brat tamer, which makes sense for me. And a brat is someone who is, in a sense, a naughty submissive. They find disobedience as a form of playfulness rather than letting their dominant down and require a compatible dominant who will not only teach them a lesson, but also accept that any number of lessons might still not necessarily change their behavior. Can I get an amen? Wow. <laughs> I got 3% for that. So that's really interesting. <laughs> I'm just trying to have some fun. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But then also, equally, I got brat tamer. So the person who tames a brat. Mm. of both of those bitches i'm in and out oh 96 okay brat exactly and a brat, brat and a brat tamer okay then i got a switch which means i can be a dominant or a submissive depending like yeah on each time of the day do you agree but with i don't that? know if, i don't know if i fully agree because i would never fully be a sub like that is some full-time work that i just the wow. way my hours in the day work <laughs> the way i'm trying to like get get in have a laugh get my nut cuddle and go to bed I just no but I mean like you know there are submissive activities that I might in, in, enjoy but I'd rather be a dom anyway next I got 96 so percent it makes sense though 
I think it just it's all in my personality as well. Yeah. Because I can be a passive person if I just don't care about you. Wow. Like, in any environment, not just relationships. Hee <laughs> 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 Then I got a 96% vanilla, to which I said, you know what? I'll take it because the way I hear some of my friends express their, <laughs> their kinks, I'm like, oh, babes, like, I didn't know you didn't have a full-time job. Like, I didn't know you were at home <laughs> with that, you know, steady income, working on different ways you can re-up your sexual fantasies. I'm crying. No respect. I just, it's not where I'm at. And then next up, I got 73% dominant. Because, you know. Wow. We are literally the exact opposite. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get? (laughs) Wait, what did, what does it say for dominant? Like, what does, what's the definition? Yeah. Just for those who may or may not know. Okay. Tell me why Fifty Shades of Grey is the first thing coming up. Wow. (laughs) Tell me why. Um, Okay. Uh, in dominant submissive activities, one person generally dominates the other or has power over them. So it's all about a power dynamic, sex and power, blah, blah, blah. Um, what else do we have here? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Damn, this is... Okay, babe, this is too extensive. Can we just tell people to do their Googles and keep it pushing? I mean... <laughs> I know. Basically, okay, okay. yeah, dominance is like to be in charge. Yeah, essentially. I mean, if you look at traditional, like, power dynamics, there's an alpha and a beta. There's, like, a top of the food chain and those below. There's upper management and there's the pawns. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> there are the Aries and the rest of the, the, <laughs> the Zodiac. Aries is... If Aries literally was a BDSM <laughs> test, it would just be dominant. All through. Brat tamer. <laughs> Degrader, primal hunter, ah! sadist. Ah! My feelings are hurt, but essentially, yes, it's it's just about a power dynamic within a relationship, and that might change depending on each couple. Some might have a purely sexual dom sub relationship that might extend further into you know day to day activity, as though like you know you'd be my quote unquote slave. In all aspects of life, yeah. I can't get into that. You know the way the way my ancestors, you know, line up <laughs> for me. That's not really a choice, you know, or a preference. I'm, you know what? I'm down. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I said ancestors, please hold one second. <laughs> please hold. You know, and I'm just like I don't know if that's problematic, but I'm like also I actually got 31 percent slave in my BDSM test. Jesus. Um, <laughs> which is which makes I'm it sick. i actually expected it to be a lot higher up but really you know, yeah. but talk us through your results what you get um so i got 82 percent vanilla which i was actually <laughs> offended by because <laughs> i never <laughs> never saw I can't myself laugh. i got 96 percent. that's that's in my blood <laughs> wow like that's it's in your dna that's the church leader coming out and saying read your bible <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> stop this <laughs> I'm so tired of you. And then I got 79% boy girl, which was interesting. I didn't expect that at all. So it says um, little girls and boys are submissive spirits that mix childlike innocence with naughty sexual curiosity. Oh, okay. Now that I'm reading it, it makes sense. They long for a nurturing, loving dominant who plays a guiding, almost parental role in their lives while they require a softer approach to be dominated than most other submissives 
Um, girl boys typically watch what match well with daddy's mommy's lol. Um, and then I also got seventy nine percent submissive, which yeah, submissives like to follow, like to give control away to their partners. Um, some like to have it forcibly taken from them. Some are submissive. So for me, I'm only submissive sexually. Romantically, I'm actually quite a dominant person. Um. And I'm not trying to be submissive, like in an actual relationship. So this is purely, purely just in the context of sex. And then yeah, I also got like voyeur, masochist, um, experimentalist. Uh, uh, like that's that's the next ones down, or yeah, those are the next ones down. Wow. Um, masochist makes sense. Does masochists enjoy receiving certain types of pain, usually in a sexual context? I'm I agree with that. I also like bruises. Um, I like I, yeah, I, like sex bruises and all of that. Like, I want to see the results afterwards. I want to be limping. She said she wants to see the results. <laughs> yes, like what? Will I we want to see the doing? results. <laughs> come on, executives, come on, boardroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see the PDF portfolio afterwards. So yeah, those are my results. I have honestly never related to you less ever. <laughs> Literally. Absolutely. We're actually very oh. sexually compatible. It's it's incredible. <laughs> wow. For my least, uh, like the, my lowest percentage um, results, between zero and 4%, I got sadist, zero. Degrader, zero. Degrady, zero. Pet, zero. Slave, zero. Wow. Masochist, one. Boy, girl, 4%. <laughs> like, <laughs> so if you pulled up to my house talking about Lemmy, no bitch. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) That is incredible. Where do you think that our, like, sexual fantasies come from? I'm really interested in that because as I was asking my followers yesterday, and yeah, I want to know your thoughts on this. I was asking them, like, any questions about kinky sex, whatever. So one of them said that they have a sexual fantasy of being raped. And they want to know if that's normal, if that's healthy. And I've had a think. I've come to the conclusion that I think it is actually healthy. Um, But I want to know your thoughts. Like, what do you think of that? I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to call anything healthy. Like, I'm even sus on water these days. The way, like, (laughs) we all get sick and we all drink water sums up. I didn't start getting the cold and flu until I started drinking water. I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually cannot stand you. Rape fantasies are actually quite popular. I did my due diligence yesterday and used my Googles. It's very rare. I prefer not to do it for the podcast. But, you know... Uh, practice prevails. But anyway, um, rape fantasies are, you know, like, hold on one second. I need to turn off video. Okay. So rape fantasies, I found out like consensual, non-consensual sexual activity, which is just already to wrap your mind around that one is hectic, but it's super highly normative and part of female fantasy and how it develops is, you know, there are a range of different ways it can, but I can understand why and how we get to this point it's interesting though because i i mean i'm torn because if we're looking at you know sushet relationships if so many like if a high enough percentage of women have these rape fantasies but then we've like indoctrinated men not to rape or we're trying to socialize them not to 
how do the two intersect. But I'm interested in how highly normative um, rape fantasies are in terms of, like, cishet fantasies. Like, they rate quite highly. Really? This whole idea of, like, consensual, non-consensual activity. You know, it, you see in dating, people are like, hey, I just want him to jump me. I just want him to, like, you know, come on to me. I just want him to take control. And a lot of those activities are, you know, consensually agreed on between either party but when in which they happen can be non-consensual for heightened pleasure right I when I think about it I think how is that that much different for me and my masochism like the fact that like I want to see the bruises and I want to see the whips and the cuts and like I want to be submissive <clears throat> I don't think it's that much different, but I do understand how it's tied to my anxieties and my day-to-day life as a whole. And I think like all of our sexual fantasies are a lot less tied to our desires and a lot more tied to our anxieties and day-to-day life. Like, I think for me, I'm never really in a space where I don't really have to make decisions. And even in my relationships like especially romantic I'm usually the one who wears the pants and who yeah who calls the shots who makes all the executive decisions so I think like my form of escapism which is everyone's form of escapism is sex and you want to engage in that fantasy and like be the person that you aren't allowed to be in real life you know but I don't, I don't know if that applies to everyone. So I think in that context, it's probably healthy because, like, I don't know, though. I don't know about rape specifically. But it's, I mean, it's I do think it's tricky. I don't know if I mentioned it before, if it got cut off. But yeah. the whole idea that, you know, it's a highly normative part of female fantasy, but men are encouraged not to rape people. Mm. And so how does, that, how does that intersect when you're trying to encourage men that within this environment, you may take that kind of power away from me and you know yeah have your way but not in these other environments I just find that like we're, we're barely on the same page about consent anyway that can they understand this highly complex way of yeah know, no I wouldn't and, trust and, and giving back consent and I'm sure there's like a small percentage because as we know if you're going to be in a sexual relationship with someone who's like a professional dominant they're probably going to navigate that quite easier than the average man but we're talking about the average common common man yeah i don't know if you can say to this person hey like maybe like don't rate me in this context but then this context is okay because i'm giving you permission and control i just don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna have it but um i was i came across this article that was talking about um i was trying to list potential explanations as to why women like rape fantasies and there were way more than I could imagine which makes it which almost ju- not justifies it also makes it more understanding that so many people so many people want this for themselves mm. so a few of them were just like openness to trying something new you know what I mean it's a bit yeah. of masochism the idea that women desire suffering in some way so they can also pleasure themselves in other ways and create balance um one of them was really interesting the sexual blame avoidance so that women who are socialized to not seek out sex when they were younger, whether that be through um, religion or through really um, sexually repressed parenting, they seek out rape fantasies because it removes blame of them. Like, I didn't want this. It happened to me. Therefore, I can experience this with ease. 
So that I thought that was really, really interesting. Mm. Another one was just like desirability. Like the idea that you're so <laughs> attracted to your partner that they just can't resist to get their way with you, which I mean. Yeah, mm. I see that. Uh, that's a thing. It's cute. Um, but also <laughs> like trauma isn't. So, um, and then one that I thought was super interesting, which I think we'll talk about more when it comes to the hookup culture episode that we're going to do is male rape culture. And some mm. argue that women have been conditioned to buy into men's fantasies of domination because as we begin to, socialize ourselves differently and regain more autonomy as women a lot of the power that men once had over us is not as potent as it once was so this dynamic or this fantasy where one will give themselves to the other for full uh, for full submission or full dominance is is an interesting one mm. and that leads into this biological predisposition to surrender to men because like they're fucking strong and we're fucking weak or whatever. yeah um, and then obviously there's like a reaction to trauma, which some people talk about having experienced sexual trauma in their childhood makes them, you know, more interested to explore kinky <clears throat> sex as a way to reclaim that, yeah. that experience. Someone responded to me yesterday saying that actually they enjoy rape play because mm. they were once sexually assaulted when they were younger and like playing into that in their sexual fantasies allows them to reclaim it. Mm. which I thought was really interesting and something that I never thought about but absolutely yeah I guess we all deal with our trauma in different ways absolutely and the last one that was so interesting to me and it makes a lot of just a lot of sense yeah is adversary transformation and so there was a survey that was conducted about romance novels which tend to be written by and for women mm. um the lead female character is almost always raped, so like 54% of the time. So the male heroes really? are usually like rugged and super hot and like warrior types and like really emotionally unavailable. And these books kind of illustrate a desire to conquer the heart of this like man, in like this rapist and like tame him for marriage. So there's a lot of that narrative, maybe in minor ways, maybe in major ways, but this idea that you're taming somebody, that you're submitting to them and, and allowing them to do what they want in a way to kind of... um encourage trust or, or whatever it might be so i was like damn this is not even one dimensional in any way Bruh. like you just it's not even a one size fits all you can't even make it one dimensional so it's literally so fascinating it also it. reminds me of 50 shades of gray and absolutely like, <laughs> why? get it okay kinks <laughs> she said <laughs> so here's a really credible reference um <laughs> that i've brought out to discuss today <laughs> do you so i yes. watched some of it um i thought the acting was terrible but oh it always is which is yeah wow why couldn't they i think the movie actually could have been okay if they got some good actors but um i think it's interesting that like she was submissive and, and like i don't know just the fact that that was such a turn on for such a massive majority of human beings, it made me think back to like, are we really back to being primal animal? Because I've been watching a lot of animal documentaries lately. <laughs> I've noticed. Because just... <laughs> I'm literally an 85-year-old woman. <laughs> and watching the ways that animals navigate through the world, like all men in the animal kingdom do is fight over women and do the most to try and impress them <laughs> and then they like jump on top of them and like fuck the shit out of them and all women do is stay cute and like you know be like the submissive cutesy little pretty and i'm like is that 
because we're not that different from like birds or you know we're not really yeah. that different from any from any animal we're all interconnected and i just think like a lot of our ancestral sexual primitive ways are still in us to a really large extent and we were like trying to be this like pseudo just like pseudo sophisticated society when in reality we're actually all just primal primal animals and we all just want to engage in some 50 shades of gray and call it a day <laughs> like <clears throat> well um you know i just think yeah i it's, it's neither here nor there is it because i started to wonder like are we really drawn to kinkier forms of sex or are we just trying to denounce vanilla because we've created a bad name for it in pop culture? Like, are the two mutually exclusive or like what is happening? Mm. But that is really interesting. I'm very mindful though, that I think we need to establish very early on the difference between a kink and a fetish and a turn on. Because I feel like a lot of people just use the language for whatever. Like, oh, my oh, kink yeah. is, like, tall guys. It's like, mm, I don't know. My kink <laughs> is commitment. <laughs> That's think, how low the bar is. <laughs> my kink is a nice man. <laughs> um, so I just want to touch on it before we go any further, just because I know some of you just don't Google. <laughs> and I'm going to do the work for you. So number one, a kink is a broader term that encompasses a bunch of alternative sexual interests or preferences that go beyond like classic missionary. So kinks add to your sexual examples. experience, but they aren't necessary for you to come. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a bit of extra. A fetish, however, is a sexual fixation on an object or an act that is absolutely necessary to a person's ability to come or reach a climax in any way. So often it is something that may not even be inherently sexual. It could be like shoes or leather or uh, noises, whatever it might be. And that is more of a, psycho- a psychological need. So one is like aesthetic and one is like fundamental. Okay. And then a turn on is something that can subconsciously or consciously just make you horny. And that could, that could hit you anywhere. That's the way, you know, that man in the shoe store asks what size your shoes are or yeah. like an accent or a laugh or something that you're like, oh, okay, this is like, this is doing something for me, yeah. you know, physiologically. So I think with that in mind, we can now move forward. Wait, what are some of your kinks slash fetishes? And maybe do we even need to destigmatize fetishes? I feel like there's a stigma around the idea of like having certain fetishes. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking yesterday, like, what are my kinks that go beyond the run of the mill? Yeah. And I think because we've normalized just average, average shit, like choking, like being tied up, I'm kind of like, do they really classify as kinks when I'm, should probably more of them, it's probably more of a normal thing to do in sexual activities. But I'm not that much of a kinky bitch. Like, I'd rather have kinks be applied to me, like, go and, like, root a kinky person but I don't think I'm coming to people with kinks. Wait, what does that mean? In the sense that, like, I will like, happily just have plain old, plain old sex. Like, I'm not really interested. Like, I'm more of a toy person. I'm not oh. more of a, like, let me find this really creative way to, like, you know, turn around and grab a this and do a this. And, like, it's just not interested. Unless it's a threesome with two guys. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm interested. Is that a kink? Yeah. It could be. No, yeah, probably. Yeah, it could be. 
I'll and like it. what are your what are some of your turn-ons um people who are very sexually giving cheerful givers i like people who are into like body functions like people Ooh. who don't mind spitting people who don't mind queefing people who are really <laughs> into you know what i mean people who are just like all into the gross bits of sex i'm into me not personally like i'm like don't spit in my mouth but if you want to spit generally i'm down for oh wow. i like people who are like very um textural in their sexual experiences like i want to feel it i want to feel like this is like messy and playful and fun but i personally i'm like what's the word i'm looking for i would encourage that behavior but i'm not going to bring it to the table because i'm not really like fussed either way oh i see what you mean i see Do you know what, what i mean, mean. so yeah. it's one of those things where like maybe i would love to have lobster but i'm not going to make it at home but if we went out i'd probably order it that's okay. what i'm saying yeah i need yours that. um what are some of my i think some of my turn-ons are like veins it's really random for me it's the it's the tiny details like if i see like veiny arms or even like a veiny dick i'm like dead i've died um titties my obsession with titties continues softness i'm just really into like people who are just really soft and gentle like if you have a soft gentle voice just like big hands also are a thing um anything that like but these I feel are your like... turn-ons right not your kinks or your fetishes yeah these are my turn-ons oh okay um yeah 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 but as far as like kinks i think it's just like being choked being slapped like just but even then do they really feel like kinks in the in the conversation i, guess I know they are, right kind of... i'm not sure yeah because also they're not that deep like i'm not Unlike you, I can't believe, so you won't swallow, but you'll let someone spit in, in your vicinity. I can't believe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I encourage it. Wow, wow, wow. I think I'd collapse. <laughs> I think I'd literally, I'd leave the room. <laughs> I'd be like, what are you doing, sir? What are you doing? And I'm like, welcome. <laughs> Bring me energy. But you know what? In terms of turn, turn on, turn ons. One thing that could turn me on another person could be completely repulsive in somebody else. So I'm just very fearful of putting it into the universe, being like, hey, spit on me. And man (laughs) never comes through talking about... (laughs) 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 I don't know you. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But also, I remember... um, so having this like fuck buddy once and before before we began he was like so what are some of your sexual fantasies and how Amen. can i please you and as much as i love that like someone would even ask me that question i was like wow you're so evolved i also mm. was so shy to to even tell him which oh. made me like think <laughs> am i even like a sexually liberated person like are we actually living living in sexually liberated times or have mm. we deluded ourselves into thinking that we have because why is there still like a shyness and aversion to just talking openly about what our fa- our fantasies are if we're so sexually liberated 
I think my aversion to it is the consequences of sharing the fantasy in the terms of saying that, like, if I want to be choked, I don't be choked by anyone. Right. That doesn't just automatically trigger my wetness and I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want anyone to tie me up. I don't want anyone to suck on my toes. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's, it's one of those things where, although I think people should come to the table with preferences and ways they would like to engage in sex, you got to just put them on the table and say, hey, let's pick apart some of these things. Let's try them out. None of them's like a, a none of them's a guarantee. Yeah, because I think it's really tricky, and I found it really tricky in situations when I've expressed that I've wanted something, and the person hasn't done it right, and I take it back. It oh, just yeah, it awkward. doesn't always go well. It's very awkward, and I don't think it's very um, sexually gratifying for any party to have to do that for anyone. So, but if I lean into my dom, I'm happy to be like, "Bitch, stop! Bitch, stop!" You know. Mm. But I don't want to dom everyone either. I'm kind of like, who? <laughs> no. Leave my room. But I want to talk really quickly. leave my room. (laughs) Leave my office. Um, This whole idea of vanilla sex, I don't find it um, embarrassing or shameful to say that I would often prefer vanilla sex to kinky sex just because I think it's more fail-safe. And I think if I felt as though every sexual experience I was having was gratifying, then I'd be more keen to experiment with more people more often. Mm. But the way... The way heterosex is, the way it's so, like, you know, <laughs> hit or miss, I'm not trying to add all that extra, extra, extra just in case. But somebody messaged me on Instagram, and I won't share their name because I'm not sure if they want me to. Yeah. But I talked to, when I was prepping um, our audiences on, you know, what we'd be talking about, one of the topics was vanilla sex. And that by nature just means conventional sex that conform to the very basic nature of yeah. basic expectations of what sex should be. So it's like, maybe it's hetero, it's missionary or whatever. Maybe a bit of foreplay. Anyway, but this person said to me that they believe that vanilla is restricting our deepest sexual desires for a comfortable routine that we're not afraid of. Too many of us are afraid of being pleased the way we actually want to be pleased because it might be different to what we mm. perceive as normal intercourse. Sometimes it's nice to revert back to a default with your partner because it's quick and easy, but experimenting means you have to communicate and be vulnerable 24-7. Vanilla, vanilla means you're not... Oh, 24-7 vanilla means you're not nurturing you or your partner's best nut. To which I was like, ouch. Because if I use that in any other context, like, to me, you know, to me, eating, like, a basic form of, like, you know, meat, eggs, meat veggies and potatoes or whatever, meat yeah. and potatoes... Is, restrict- is restricting your deepest desire to eat fancy. And that if you don't eat fancy, you're restricting your partner's ability to eat fancy. It's like those two don't always intersect for me. And yeah. I think to put a lot of pressure on one party to be everything for their for their partner is inherently just like, how are we going to do that? Yeah. How am I going to be everything you sexually need from me? And if not, I have the pressure of knowing that I am restricting your best nut from you. So I ask them in ret- in return like do you think restriction is always conscious or in spite of your partner i mean if one person is actively taking the time out to explore their own body and preferences and the other person isn't that's not always about both of them together it's just how you prefer to engage in the practice right you know but it was really interesting to me because i think that like this is probably one of the barriers to exploring kinky sex is that people feel pressure to always uphold the title of being kinky exactly like, i always want to get choked the fuck out i always want to be like xyz i always want to do baby and you know um, what like a baby sometimes and play. a basic missionary just hits the spot like it you just it just does the job and it just hits the spot 
Yeah, that's so And my real. concern is a lot of people just aren't educated about how to effectively and healthily dole out some of these kinks. I mean, look at my story. Half of you are like, I didn't even know that about my own clit. So if you don't know what your <laughs> clit is, why am I going to trust you to choke me out the way I need to be? Half of you here are like choking me at my fucking, what do you call that thing, that voice box? Like, I've got, I can't breathe out here. That's all you choke <laughs> people at. All you guys are spanking with your full force. You don't even do it. Like, it's just a lot of you like the way it sounds to have kinks, but you're not educated to dole out these kinks. Therefore, you're doing probably more harm than good. And people won't tell you because they're scared. Everyone's like, damn, like, I don't, I've never done this before, but wow, you, you asked me to do it. And now I don't want to say that it hurt or was too much because I'm not kinky and you're going to make fun of me. So I'm very mindful of this over-normalization of kink. Yes, I do agree that in some ways it, the, um, uh, our sort of default to vanilla sex might be repressive and regressive in some instances, but I also don't think kink is for everyone and to encourage it so much can lead to very dangerous territory. I say, I don't trust these bitches out here. Yeah, I think actually to mirror some of your sentiments, we might not even be evolved enough. Like, I think when it comes to having sex as a society, we are still infants. Mm -hmm. And so you posted this video on your story of the woman who was educating us on what sex even is. Yeah. And I'm actually shook. So what she said was that sex is... What did she say? Sex is the stimulation of your sexual organs. Of your sexual glands. Of your, your sexual, sexual glands. And, and, and when you're a woman, your mm-hmm. sexual organ is your clitoris. So yeah. if your partner is not sex stimulating your clitoris, then actually you're not actually having sex. And as far as heteronormative sex is involved, most guys are not stimulating, and I'm speaking from experience as well, mm-hmm. most guys mm-hmm. are not out here even stimulating your clitoris they're just Mm -hmm. thrusting in and out where there are no nerve endings anyway Mm -hmm. and the tea is that we have what like eight thousand nerve endings in a really small concentrated area whereas like the the male nerve ending is at the tip of the four thousand yeah which is just four thousand and so his four, his small small four thousand nerve endings Mm -hmm. are getting Mm -hmm. more stimulated which is on a larger surface area are getting more stimulation than us. And I think it's also because as women, we've conditioned ourselves. And I also speak from experience. We've conditioned ourselves into believing that our bodies are just tools for men to just masturbate with. Speak on it. And that's literally like what sex is for the most part. It's just like a guy jacking off inside of you and like a woman just letting it happen but we want to move on to kinky sex but we haven't even mastered the basic actual sex actual just stimulate go back to school you know what i mean like go and do your your clitoris before you think you're a big person trying to talk about i want to tie you up huh (laughs) (laughs) tell me Give me a, 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 the anatomy of my clitoris. Where does it start from? I'd love for you to tell me. Literally. And I think that conversation was really frustrating to, for me to have because I've been saying it quite a bit and I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast to date. But mm. all this activity and this um, like edu- edutainment that I've been doing on my story has illuminated that I used to think that men were the problem, that men weren't emotionally intelligent enough, men weren't um, 
dedicated to facilitating nuts enough, men weren't X, Y, Z. And granted, those things might be true. They might not be. I don't really care to like sentiment ever. But <laughs> the frustration is there is there are so there are so many women on my timeline who are happily being ignorant about their body because feigning too much interest will make them appear too promiscuous or too much this mm-hmm. or have used their ignorance to fuel them into creating really really banal and often wrong ideas about the way their body works because that narrative suits the what they've been doing so far it's this internalized misogyny Gee. that's rife so if you go back to that video that i shared um of the sexual educator telling us about the way that our our clits work one of the statistics she um said was that you know in order for the average you know cisgender women to be having um a gratifying sexual experience that you would need to be spending 60 to 80 percent of your sexual activity time on the clip there was uproar like (laughs) uproar and i said why is that statistic so hard to understand if you can acknowledge that your clip is the bit on the outside you can access it from inside of you near your g-spot you can access it from the side of your lips like there is so much to work with and if you think about realistically how much action the penis gets in regards to you know heteronormative sex um you're spending probably 90 percent of your time on the penis you're jacking it up you're giving it head it's inside of you like that dick is getting action always (laughs) if not close always so the fact that when i said 68 percent most women i'm calling you out your name women most of you said oh that's too much how would we ever do that it's like i'm not asking for you to take pleasure away from your partner i'm saying for there to be an emphasis on your own pleasure why can't you understand that why are you so used to being a passive vessel for somebody to nut in that when we talk about you reclaiming your sexual liberation now you got something to say about it don't you want to be liberated they literally that's the tea no one wants to be liberated (laughs) you want to be picked you want to be affirmed for being somebody else's something you want to be affirmed for you know helping someone gratifying them but what about you Who's helping you? And then you then you come to me. Who's being helping like, you? I don't know what my clit is at the big age of twenty eight talking about he 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 he. It's not <laughs> it's cute. It's not a game. It's and you are doing cute. if not if you're not doing it for yourself, if not trying to improve the liberation of your sexual experience, do it for everybody else who has to who's at the detriment of you not educating your partners. Because the same people who are faking orgasms are teaching like men generally. It's gonna be a heteronormative conversation. Drag me. Fuck. The same ones teaching men that this one, two, nut, like thrust, thrust is going to achieve a nut. Tell me why my DMs are full of women saying, I think that I'm, you know, sexually, you know, inept because I can't come internally. What internal are you looking for? Do you even Literally. know what internal is? is what is inside there? Behind the, what, is, what are you looking for inside there? <laughs> if you had done your Googles just once, you would know that we have limited nerve endings in our vagina to facilitate with childbirth. It's wow. not supposed to really do the ting. Wow. And yes, there are some instances where inside you can do the ting. Some things people don't know what's being stimulated. Some say it's just the underside of the clit. Some say it's the G-spot. Others say it is their vagina, whatever. But that is such a small percent of the population that can come that way. And a larger percent can come from clitoral stimulation. So why are you trying to go all like Indiana Jones and find the rare treasure when you can just go for the loot in front of you? And I know people be like, oh, no, no, Flex, you got to clarify that everybody's vaginas are different. Not everyone likes clit, or whatever. Bitch, I know. 
<laughs> I know. You don't know. I'm the one telling you that vaginas are different. You're the one stuck on, oh, but I can't come internally, therefore I'm less than. No, stop it. And then there's the dumb bitches on Twitter talking about if you can't come from a dick inside oh. you, then your pussy's trash. What? Oh. What do you mean? What it's this mean, rhetoric Kat? that is so dangerous. And instead of, and it's my frustration because people wonder why I say echo, da- echo chambers are so dangerous and mm. so violent, as well as being so affirming. It's because nobody does their fucking research. You all see <laughs> these things so and loud. you share them like crazy. You're so loud and you're so wrong. And instead of just quickly doing your Googles and be like, this is true. Am I, do I have trash pussy because I can't come in? No, you, you internalize it and you share the message and you pass it on and you don't clarify. And then you wonder why, damn, men ain't shit. Men don't do this. Uh, uh-huh. Wow. If we took men, like men out of the conversation around sex and sexual liberation, like in terms of like heteros. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sex. Mm. We would still have the same problems. Ooh, I know a ton of women who lie about masturbating because they're embarrassed. Swallow. A ton of women who haven't looked at their vagina in ever. A ton of women who don't understand that, you know, climax is normal. That moaning is normal. That discharge is normal. That squirting is normal. Wow. Stop centering men and blaming them for your lack of sexual gratification. It's boring. So to it's what so extent are we responsible for like communicating versus to what extent are men responsible for also just actually no no no. i'm gonna answer my own question because Mm -hmm. i don't think it's romantic or cute or anything and i said this Mm -mm. in our last episode it's not romantic to expect anyone to just be knowing absolutely so i think if you want anything in this life you have to communicate your needs and desires and until you communicate your needs and it's hard it's awkward because we're not sexually liberated twitter has scammed us into believing that we are but really we're not wearing booty shorts and like posting bikini pictures on instagram is not the equivalent of sexual liberation like sexual liberation is being actually comfortable and free to express your desires and sexual fantasies and just like who you are as a sexual being without mm-hmm. carrying the burden of shame or without mm-hmm. doing it from a male gaze. If you are not doing any of the above, then you're just performing sexual liberation. So yeah, there's nothing romantic about expecting niggas to just be knowing. Like, mm-hmm. I think... If you want to enjoy sex, you need to go in ready to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I think the best the best type of sex is the one where like you've taught, like you've done the teaching, you've you've stopped faking orgasms, and you're living your best life. Absolutely. I mean, I've been trapped by good dick because it taught me something new. You know wow. what I mean? It's all there. Wait, what but did I you learn think... from good dick? Well, I just like this person shit person attached to good dick but was also so diligent in expressing exactly 
how he wanted things. Mm. This is how I like this. This is why I don't like this. This is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me. And at the time, I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let's just do it, let's just do it, it's fine. But I was like, no, because now I have the exact information. And with every sexual experience we had, the sex got better for him and it stayed the same for me. Wow. Because he was diligent. And again, a lot of people remind me I'm talking about, but men need to do this, but men need to do that. If you think about all the time, generally, men are spent going, no, don't suck my balls, suck them this way, don't use your teeth, use your tongue, open your mouth wider, spit on it, do this, turn around, do a split, bust it wide open, throw it back. Like, all this direction activity, they have been diligent in communicating what they want and don't want from this sexual experience. So yes, men have generally done the work. Wow. So to (laughs) ask them to not only explain to you how they want to get, like, you know, get fucked or whatever or how they want their dick sucked or whatever and then have to now guess how you want yours because you can't say Shug. what do you mean Shug. why, why you all of a sudden mean? we're talking about intuition about when we're like intuition this intuition that it's cute to think that your man's is specializing in witchcraft and opening up his <laughs> his female <laughs> chakra and whatever you want to talk about but it's not realistic And I think it's very avoidant behavior and very regressive behavior to, again, center men or, you know, yeah, center the conversation around men when it's about female liberation. Stop talking about men. Again, I said it, your internalized misogyny is jumping out. Like, why are you looking for a man who doesn't have your reproductive organs generally? We're keeping it cishet. Don't come for me. Why are you looking for him to be your educator about your own body, to know how to make you come, but you can't make yourself come. It just, it, it doesn't add up. <laughs> and I've been trying to do the maths for you because I've been trying not to come for you for ages, but tell me how it adds up. It's, it's not it's cute, not sis. It's not fam. It's not cute. It's not Jeez, I felt up. that sizzle on my spirit. <laughs> Damn. No, that You've was a sermon. It? That was, I. you really took us to church and we appreciate it. I have to, because at this point, I get it. It's like, men are trash. I know, you know, but it's like, that's such old news. So then people <laughs> still talking about Gossip Girl and fucking, what's that other one they love? With Marissa and Cohen. What's that, Seth, Marissa? I have no idea. Come on, Seth, Marissa. Sex in the City? Oh. No. No, Seth, Marissa. Um, the OC! It's like people still using the Gossip Girl and the OC as oh, reference points in 2019. Yeah. Like it hasn't already been 16,000 years. Keep it fresh. <laughs> Start reevaluating the way you analyze your experiences. Because again, of course, we like to say at this big age, but we're still babies. And if you think you don't have anything to learn about your, your body, your anatomy, your, like, your sexual preferences, your kinks, your fetishes, whatever, you're slipping. Mm. you're slipping and you're gonna stay ignorant and you're gonna stay a little bit dumb and this is not me saying that in order to be liberated you need to engage in you know quote-unquote liberated activities that's not what i'm saying i'm saying to educate yourself so you're not speaking from a place of ignorance when you denounce certain activities or when you request certain activities again liberation is self-awareness absolutely it is self-awareness and critical thinking understanding oneself like that is all it comes down to it's just so again what we learned from that is like you know enough with the mind reading stop waiting for people to jump you non-consensually stop waiting for people to to tell you what your body needs now it's not cute and we're not doing that any 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 (laughs) anymore but i want to talk quickly about 
obviously on this spectrum of vanilla and king mm. like what do you personally think is normal because you know would how would you really feel if, if you were engaging in a sexual relationship with a new person and they came to you top to toe kink 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 um, is that something you would find out of the ordinary normal how do you how do you ooh, what it? do you mean by top to toe kink 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 Somebody who required kinks to get off. Like, none of your sex was ever going to be missionary. It was like, oh. let's dress up. Let's do this. Let me get a robe. Let me get a this. You Call know me what? Daddy. I'm down. I'm, I'm down to experiment because I think, like, I think I also get bored, like, easily mm. or quickly. I think, yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex. I think it's cool for a quickie. But if we're going to have long, drawn-out... And that's my shit. Like, long, drawn-out, sensual sex. Then I'd like for us to experiment. Like, more yeah. often than once. And that doesn't need to be, like, ropes. And I'm not really, like, a toys person. I'm more of, like, let's position, let's experiment with different positions. Like, call me different names. I'm also a very auditory person. So... Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, like this this guy who used to always be like good girl and i would die like i would melt every time <laughs> but i was quivering she's like yeah literally i was yes. quivering i was actually quivering so it's just like yeah because i also learn about myself from different experiences so like yeah like engaging with someone who's being like good girl or someone who's like calling me other names someone who's like just yeah experimenting with different things who was it that told me was it you who told me that i need to try i need to ask bay to slide his dick down my back like apparently that's the best thing to ever happen to man um but anyway i'm down like i'm down for the cause i'm just not down for blood play and i'm not down for spitting but and and for toe sucking but other than that like I'm down you said other than that, but do, have you forgotten urophilia, <laughs> being horny for urine? Have you forgotten scatophilia, oh my shit play? Have you forgotten lactation play? Because you see, you said you're down for anything, and all of a sudden I say lactation play, and sis is quiet. <gasps> she Speak said up. lactation play. <laughs> what even is? I'm actually on the floor. This is why I'm not that bitch. She's like, I'm down for anything. Nope. Nah, 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 nah. nah. So I say for me generally, I personally don't want to engage in sex with seasonings until the average sex is down right. If you're still wow. fingering me like we're literally in year seven, <laughs> I don't want to play with it. This limp one, two, like find a spot to target. Don't just stick your fingers with me and wonder what they're going to do from there. Do something. If oh you're still God. like lapping up, like when you eat out, like give me some direction. Give me some like figure eight. Give me some something. If your strokes are just like one, two, I'm going to throw you over one, two. Like you're not ready yet. Wow. And I don't feel, and I, what I'm learning for myself is to stop using sex and sexual activities as currency or checkpoints for next, for like the development of a relationship. Mm. I just, I'm not signing up for subpar anything. And a lot of people try and flavor up subpar sex with the addition of kink. Not that it's a bad thing, but I'm almost saying if you can't deliver the basics that you should that you could have been doing for years now, maybe ten years, like you that's more than ten thousand is it more than ten thousand hours? Maybe not. But it's enough time that you have probably mastered some aspect of sex. Probably. If you can't get the basics down of like foreplay, you know, mm. 
actual penetration, how to make somebody come, how to like all these things, then like, why would I trust you to give me the best experience with kinks? I just don't feel like you have That's that interesting. in you. Yeah. Are you offended if a guy doesn't want to eat you out? I haven't had that experience. Mm. But yes, I'd be offended, of course. Why is that? Well, I think by nature, if it hasn't come up in the sexual discussions I like to have, then I'm assuming it's on the table. Yeah. And for me, that is uh, personally, not for any of you bitches that that's going to come for me, that is a necessary part of the sexual experience. Like foreplay doesn't need to happen in that way, but it needs to happen generally. And that would be my preferred. Now, as I said before in another episode, I prefer fingering to eating out. But I definitely <gasps> think there's like, Wow. Yeah, I do. Sure. Enough people just don't do it well enough for long enough. I feel like you're you're wasting your time. You're gonna get a locked jaw. You know your tongue's <laughs> gonna. Hurt. I just it's too much. What you like? This is the kind of thing you'll hold over my head for six years to come, and like I don't want that problem. But yes, yeah, so I think principally, I think someone should be willing to do it, and I'd be offended if they were opposed to it, not if they didn't do it at all. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see. What so you if you mean. were like, oh no, I don't do that, I'd be like. Mm. Mm. why don't do you like that's it unless you have a really specific reason why like it's rooted in trauma or something that's like debilitating i'll take it but if it's merely preference then it's kind of like i don't want to be having sex like that no thanks (laughs) (laughs) that's my preference (laughs) but i i think it's valid but i often think that people aren't necessarily aware that i think i believe that a lot of uh, uh, like actions in relationships are transactional like you don't give mm. to receive but one needs to give and receive right so if I'm gonna suck your dick every time we have sex and you're all like oh but you know like an engine no I don't want to hear it no I don't want to hear it well how and do you communicate where it's not that? my responsibility to berate you either I'm not gonna be like it's just simple like just so you know like if this doesn't happen this is also like locked out for you it's a balance that I'm aiming for. Right. But I think it's also easier said than done to... Oh, absolutely. You know, how are you... Are you communicating beforehand? Are you, like, sitting down with Bay or your mans and being like, these are my preferences, what are yours? Or absolutely. is it, is it happening during, during the event? Nah, if you do during, you you played yourself a fool. That's Why? Foolish. Because I, if you're like you're so vulnerable du- during that if someone was like, "Hey, can you like lick my asshole?" and you're like, "Oh no," like <laughs> that's not gonna feel very good, and it's gonna be very hard to recover from that. Then you wonder why man's is a limp dick talking about, "Oh no, I'm just tired." No, his feelings are hurt. Wow. <laughs> I I I don't think I don't think sex is a good time during to be talking about new things that you wanna um explore just because you're not thinking like it's the same place like literally like your blood is rushing elsewhere right so it's the same let's say it's how you say i love you during sex to a stranger that you hate it's how you <laughs> talk about coming me when you're like oh no i take it back i take it back like it's the same shit that's so. literally me <laughs> i talk so much shit see? during the fact see and then i'm like i just want to let about, you know i'm uh, not trying to carry you're your the one <laughs> talk about daddy no bitch so I, and I, I definitely think people won't advocate for conversations around sex before sex because they're shy and they're insecure. And I understand, but if you're going to let someone stick their something inside <laughs> of you, whatever it might be, then you need to be mature enough to have a conversation about what you do and don't like. But the frustration is, do it, don't do it expecting a result. 
I learned mm. a quote the other day that says you need to ask from a place of want, not need. So when you tell, when you ask somebody for their sexual preferences, ask from a place of want. Like I want to know this so I can pleasure you in the way that you Absolutely. want X, Y, Z. Not that I need to know this because I'm insecure and I, I need validation. I need, no, no, no. Like it needs to be, you need to set standards for yourself and your activity. And often, like I have these conversations all the time and people don't reciprocate. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't really care. Like, oh, it's all fine to me. I don't really. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what the sex is average. Yeah. Yeah. It's very literally. average. Because one party is hyper-aware of what the other party needs and it's very imbalanced from the get-go. You know, it's all about facilitating one... It's like what I talked about. Like, if you want good sex, in my opinion, it needs to be two selfish people facilitating their own nuts or two selfless people facilitating the other person's nuts. Right. You can't have one selfish and one selfless. It's not going to work. Somebody's getting left out. So I would argue that if you can't have conversations about sex, you're not ready to have sex. Mind your business. Mind your business. Grow up. (gasps) Oh my God. That's the best thing you've ever said. I need that on a t-shirt. If you're not ready to talk about sex, you're not ready to have it. So mind your business. Mind your business. Like the the adults are speaking. Go away. (laughs) Because it's the people who aren't ready to have sex are the ones setting the narrative about what sex should be like. Wow. You know, I feel like, you know, generally when sex is best enjoyed when there's room for exploration yeah granted you don't need to try and do everything i'm still funny about anal because i only fuck big dick men and it's just like it's not really happening for me like that but it's the people who come into sexual experiences with imperatives like i don't give i don't ever give head i don't ever eat pussy i would never do that it's It's childish childish and it's stifling you know what i mean and so i think if you're going to engage in sex be comfortable to set your boundaries, absolutely. But if you're going to start with a sexual experience because you're a dumb bitch hasn't done her research, and dumb bitch is, is non-gendered, it goes always. Yeah, absolutely. Then be, you know, be secure in the kind of sex you're going to have in response. It's How just... much of your, like, fantasies, desires, fetishes, and kinks are derived from porn versus who you actually are fundamentally as a human being? Like, do you ever analyze your desires in that way? Absolutely. I think I got all my sexual desires from absolutely reading fan fiction. I swear down. Really? I swear. Because from growing I, like, I wasn't like a very sexually expressive young person. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of male friends that I never really thought about in a sexual way. I wasn't that kind, the kind of person who humped pillows and like the side of couches when they were five or whatever. Like, I probably didn't even think about sex till I was, like, 17, 18 or something. Right. We didn't even try and masturbate until then, or consciously anyway. But me and a few of my friends loved fan fiction, in particular erotic vampire fucking fan fiction. And let me tell you, that shit pops off the realist. But also... I need to read this. When you are not a sexually experienced person... And you're having these really visceral, graphic um, sexual experiences sort of like recited to you and your mind's going crazy. It definitely gives you um, a really unrealistic expectation of what real sex is like. Because mm. I was like, fuck, these vampires are built. They got big dicks. They're always eating out. Everyone loves it. Everybody's moaning. No, bitch. That's <laughs> fancy. <laughs> and interestingly enough, in a lot of vampire erotica, 
I think the vampire erotica happened post-Twilight because Lord knows that's a classic. But all the good shit happened after that, like post-Twilight, pre-Fifty Shades. In a lot of vampire erotica, it's all about like um, male-male, female sex, like two like bisexual men and one female. So that mm. is my legit fantasy now. I appro- I co-opted it, I appropriated it, and I didn't see it anywhere or read it anywhere, but in Vampire Erotica. That's where I got all that choking shit from. Wow. That's, like, it's all there. I've I never didn't come up with read, that shit on my own. I've never read anything sexual in my life. Babes, get into it, but it'll ruin you. It'll ruin you. I'm literally like, about yeah, to do it today. Way, <laughs> this is what they did it in the, in the 1900s. Like, Damn. <laughs> Oh, in the 1700s when the Victorian vampires. Okay, interesting. Because these wow. new look, it'll like my eyes were opened. And then also, yeah, it was a beautiful time to really understand the breadth of sexual activity. But also when you realize a lot of it doesn't translate into real life because people are sexually repressed and they lie about it. Right. Or they don't mm-hmm. know. So, you know, I want to quickly, we have a lot, a lot of, lot of listener questions, but yeah. I think we have to, we might have to put it in a separate episode because I want to quickly touch on this fetish I found. Mm. I want to touch on fetishes generally, you know, um, but it's this fetish I found called race play okay. and cultural fetishization. Screaming. Now, I honestly, I'm actually dead, dead. Um, I just want to touch on what race play is. <laughs> I'm actually already done. I'm not kink shaming. Don't at me. Race play is a sexual practice where the either imagined or real racial background. So slavery. Time, just say slavery. Imagine- <laughs> just say slavery and imagine let's keep it pushing. <laughs> or real racial background of one or more of the participants is used to create this power imbalance in a BDSM scene through the use of slurs, narratives, and objects laden with racial history. I think you have to be a little bit of a ah! psychopath. Ah! You have to be <laughs> a bit of a psycho. They usually you feature white men. Of course. And, you know, we've all heard the episode, the dating white men episode. Guilty. <laughs> Wait, have you experienced this? They usually this? feature white men with the physiques of uh, quote unquote slave owners. Uh-huh. Ironic. Mm, calling their black sex partners things like coon, ape, gorilla, boy, and then the nigger with the hard R. Wow. <laughs> I wish a nigger would. <laughs> and this and this leads over or bleeds over into the cultural fetishization of Asian women. White women, uh, fat women, or like it can be it can be non-gendered as well. But generally, these these fantasies are skewed or fetishes, sorry, are skewed towards women because what's bloody new? Yeah. But could you? Do you imagine? know what? I actually you... once had an experience. Where... Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I don't want to hear it in college. <laughs> <laughs> this Russian guy. I think oh I must have been like the first black girl he'd ever met. But basically, <laughs> I can tell he was really into me. And I'm still really at my big age. I'm still just really shocked whenever a white guy shows romantic or sexual interest. Um, but I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let's go along with this. So he invites me over one evening. 
and yeah we start like making out and hooking up and whatever and he just starts getting really really aggressive and violent and like just all of this shit and then i swear he called me a nigger bitch (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) bitch in a russian accent When I tell you I sobered up immediately, I literally, like, my ancestors jumped out. Like, all of them, I just, wow. I was like, wow, oh my god, I have to go. And I just literally put my shit on and bounced. But I could, I knew from the, I saw the red flags from the beginning. I could just see the way he looked at me, the way he engaged with me. Like I was a tropical fruit as opposed to an animal. (laughs) Flavored. Wow. Seasoned. Listen, listen. And I honestly feel, I find it hard to believe that any white man is not... Looking at a black woman like, ah, my little nigger bitch. <laughs> my little slave. <laughs> I swear they're all... Ha- I am convinced. my white kings, huh? I am absolutely Leave my convinced. white kings out of this. <laughs> the rest of them, sure. But my white kings don't do it. Don't wow. Do it. wow. Are we about wow, to start wow. a race war? <laughs> so-, <laughs> so I am absolutely oh, convinced that it is hurt. in the DNA of every white man <laughs> <laughs> to want to do some slave play. <laughs> Fucking hell, Bobo! Stop it! <laughs> My particular the bit that gets me the most huh? is that in race play, yeah. Either party can pretend to be a different race for <laughs> the benefit of uh, uh, sexual Wait, so like I could pretend to be a white woman? A white woman, yes. How though? Do I put on a blonde wig? Like, New what wig. am I? New wig. Is my Brand name now bitch. Becky? Put on your Deborah accent. <laughs> I, I just, wow, wow. So, I mean, it's one thing where you know you're actually of the race that you are and then you know you're being objectified and racially attacked but then also you can take it a step further and then identify as other races to heighten um the sexual experience so that was just a really lovely one that i wanted to quickly just touch on wow. because we are out here in this fresh 2019 and i just i just mm. do you know what but that's actually, the thing like if that's your preference who mm. am I to judge you? Like, <laughs> it's not about judging. I don't think it's about judging, but realistically, um, pick your audience because <laughs> the way the way we're out here normalizing kinks and fetishes as we should be leaves room for all of them to be normalized. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Or like, if your so, fetish is a horse, like, mm. who? What am I to say to you if you want to have absolutely. sex with a horse dick? So then, what I'm saying is that. If you can't freely communicate your fetishes in a way that is going to be understood by another party, then you are not ready to play out said fetish. 
because it's dangerous out here. Like, I don't want to pull up what I perceive to be a white king and it's a white dunce talking about <laughs> my little slaves, my little caramel slaves. Let me put some cotton in your mouth and put you to work. <laughs> I can't. Can you imagine? Go pick this cotton, bitch. Wow. Wow. So... You know, you, for those of you who think it's cute to be coy and like, I'm not that girl. Like, I don't want to have these conversations about sex. Like, I'm num num num. Beware because the conversation you're not. Didn't I tell you about that one guy who I was talking to who was saying that, you know, all the girls that he sleeps with said they love r- rough sex, but then he spat in some girls' mouth oh, and started yes. crying? This is what I'm talking about. It's the conversations you won't have and wonder why <gasps> someone's spitting in your mouth in 2019. Okay? Be careful. Oh my god, actually. Is there anything that you would absolutely die if it happened to you during sex? Like, if um, it just. Yeah, if somebody shot on me. (laughs) I think that'd be like the point that I'd be like, "Mm." hmm. Do you know what I think would be really hectic? If somebody was sucking on my tits and called me mum in a really earnest way. And that's why I, think, I can't do mommy and daddy play, babes. I can't do it. <laughs> I think I can do it if you, like, actually have a mother figure. But if you don't, then it's trauma. And it's what? and I don't... Yeah, you can call Stop me mommy. It. So you would do it if man had a healthy relationship yeah, with his absolutely. mom. Absolutely. If you have a healthy relationship with what? your mom, by all means, call me mom. But if not, <gasps> then it's just trauma. Like, then it's just... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm hurting. <laughs> like, I can't call you zaddy if I have daddy issues. It's but just... I, but it's, I mean, that's why I don't do the daddy shit. Because I do have daddy issues. I just feel like it'd be like, what is? what am I doing here? Oh, I see what you mean. You know I what I mean? Know, like, I actually, I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't mind a guy, like, sucking on my titties and being like, yes, mother. You know? Like, I'm down. <laughs> Flex has left the building. (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine, like, you cradling a man to your bosom. I just really love that visual. I love the visual, but I don't want the yes, mommy. I just feel (laughs) like there's a limit there, and it's going to trigger me to all the the mediocre men I allowed into my life to just be a pseudo-therapist and mother for. Wow. Okay, wow. I really want to touch on one more thing before we go because why not push it to a cute, you know, one fifteen, one hour 30. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, realistically, like how can we have these conversations about kinks in a long-term relationship versus a hookup? I personally don't want to involve kinks into a casual hookup because oh, I value my life. Um, <laughs> I don't. I personally know that I don't do enough vetting and scoping to see if people that I hang out with casually are well-aligned people sexually. I don't have that information. And so I'd hate to be in a situation that leads itself to be traumatic because I just assume because man had broad shoulders that he knew how to, like, choke me out. You know what I mean? Mm. I often don't think that there is enough trust building in a casual relationship to encourage a lot of the sexual practices that require immense amount of trust. However, if this person were a dom or spent a lot of time, you know, in these alternative fields of sex, then I'd be more likely to 
But again, every fucking man out here is talking about, oh, I'm a dominant, blah, blah, blah. I'm strong. I'm this. Yeah. So I don't trust you either. <laughs> Long-term relationships. <laughs> Long-term relationships. This is my thing, right? And I, I say it a lot, is you need to start as you intend to finish. Mm. And I say that to say it is really difficult when you establish a particular way of engaging in sex early on and then you try and change it. Because that is like, it's built into the DNA of your relationship. So if you are like doing your little missionary missionaries, you might do a cute little like choke every now and then. And the man comes through talking about, oh, you know, I want to do mommy daddy stuff. I want to do a bit of blood play. And you're taken by left field. It often feels as though it's at the detriment to your partner. I didn't know this about you. Why don't you tell me? Haven't you been sexually gratified all this time? Blah, blah, blah. I think it's a way harder conversation after a relationship has been established so okay i see i think that you should be having all the conversations about the breadth and the spectrum of what you might like to do early on so later on when you're two three years in it's not new new because i would know personally that it's really hard to remove like your um it's really hard to like take out your part in your in your partner's like how do i explain this properly like, if your partner came to you two years down the line talking about, hey, I really want to try this, I've been wanting to do it for ages, it'd be really hard to remove your ego from it and say, well, why didn't you tell me? Why couldn't I have done this? You'd make it about you immediately because we're all dumb bitches who think that people's lives revolve around us, especially intimately. So I don't personally know how you integrate this into a, new, into a long-term relationship without hurting someone's feelings. Right. I think it takes time. I mean, I could only imagine if, like, I remember my ex got so mad when he when he knew that, when he found out, in quotations, that I had a drawer full of vibrators. Like, how did you not know? Like, shit's been Wait, popping. Why was he... But he took it so personally. He was like, what do you need that for? You have oh me. Oh, my God, I cannot. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, they're not even... They don't have the same purpose. You know what I mean? Like, one is a form of relaxation. One is an intimacy builder, an activity... Anyway, whatever. So I could only imagine what I would have been like. I was like, hey, I actually want to try... XYZ. And then what if the kinks didn't align with that person? Like, what if the partner was like, oh no, fuck no, I would never, never, ever try that. <laughs> but then I feel where like you then, like, both parties have to have the maturity to have those conversations and, like, not take it personally. I don't know, just to have it and then just keep it pushing. I don't, Bobo, like, these people aren't mature like that. Like, <laughs> I would love to think that people are mature, but tell, like, it's, these concepts aren't translating to day to day. If we're still talking about, Oh, like, I don't want to, my body count X, Y, Z. People aren't in the headspace to talk about having mature conversations about sexual preferences and blah, blah, blah. I don't think people are there yet. I would love to know and to guarantee that everyone listening is at a space where they can be completely liberated and can remove their ego from their partner's sexuality and are down to try new things. But it's not the case. It's really not. And I refuse to make excuses for people's behavior like that. People aren't there yet. So... You know, and then on the alternative, like, I don't really think that people often assume that, you know, fun or varied sex is the key to unlocking, you know, a, you know, a more gratifying relationship generally. It's like people who, like, want to get married when their relationship is failing or people who want to move in when they're scared their partner is cheating. Like, it's often not the case. So be mindful what's motivating you to try and improve your sexual experience if it's not just for improving your sexual experience like what's your agenda babes mm. what is your agenda 
Yeah, you know what? Funny enough, I'm actually more comfortable having these conversations with someone that that's just like a casual hookup or like a mm-hmm. one-time thing. Absolutely. As opposed to like a long-term. <laughs> yeah, I can see how with a long-term partner, it's just a lot more uncomfortable because you have to see that person. Yeah. I just think it's, and I think in theory, everyone's like, no, 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 I'm going to wait until... I'm in a long-term relationship to do all that fun shit I want to do. But realistically, no, like... No, experiment now. When experiment you love a person... Now. Yeah, like, exactly. I feel like it's it'd be so hard to try and integrate that conversation without somebody feeling like they've been blindsided or somebody a- a- associating your request for something new as your disdain for what's been done yeah. thus far. You know, and granted, like I said before, I don't feel comfortable, you know, integrating kink into casual short-term relationships but i've had long-term fuck buddies while i do kinky shit with all day because it's like we've built a sexual connection as a priority you know so like you know, I can let you know how i like it and how i don't like it you know go on i now have a theory so i just developed a new theory i think I that everyone should have a human being who is literally just your sex partner like just mm-hmm. your person for that you're sexually compatible with that you experiment with sexually that you like learn to understand yourself sexually and learn to understand other people sexually but i think sex becomes harder when it's something that you're doing with someone that you're doing 1800 million other things with so like yeah. if you're having sex with the person who's raising your children and also who is your therapist and your best friend and this and this and that I just think it becomes harder to be your full self or to explore yourself fully within that context. Whereas if you have just one person, a designated sex person where there's no judgment, it's just like this is your sexual exploration partner. I think we'd all have such healthier sex lives, you know? Absolutely. We need to like make that a thing. I just I think people are only just getting to the point now when they realize that all their relationships don't need to mirror what they've been traditionally told they do. So you can have just a sex friend, you can have a sex relationship, you can have a partner, you can have a whatever. It is okay. Mm. But it's almost like if you're not thinking about what you might need and the context of when you might need it, then you're also not ready to have the conversation anyway. (laughs) It's just, come on now. You can't compete if you don't compare. Do your Googles, get your research up, start to explore, start to experiment, start to be forthcoming, stop saving sexual conversations for your friends. You're there not rooting we have them. It. <laughs> there we like, go. Go to the source of your nuts for conversations about your nut. Oh my God. Stop having conversations with your friends. It just, it doesn't make, I mean, sure to compete and to compare yeah, like to in compare a very like, analytical way, but it's almost like, you, like, don't go to your friends and be like, is this normal? Should we just try it out and report back with some, like, some some t- statistics? Yeah. Report back with, like, oh, I tried this and I found this. Or have you done this? Because I tried it. It's like the blind leading the yeah. blind all the time. I've never done this. You've never done this. Oh, what do you think about this? Who cares? <laughs> and honestly, I think when it comes to sex, there's nothing that's not normal. Because I think the purpose of sex is to explore, is, is not only just escapism, but to explore yourself on a level that you're not allowed to in everyday society. So I think Legit. like, 
like it is what it is you just you can't go into sex with any sort of preconceived notions or judgments just go in with an open mind and an open heart and you'll be good like it's also we're all gonna die at the so actually life is just too short to not be expressing your sexual desires and living out your wildest sexual fantasies like we're all going to die amen so wow that's that on that this has been a fruitful conversation um <laughs> let us know your thoughts follow us on instagram at bobo and flex we also have a youtube channel called bobo and flex tv which will be in the description box below if you're listening on soundcloud give us a nice review on apple music on spotify because it helps us make more content and will help us bring you our live shows our live tour merch um all the things and subscribe follow us give us a review we love literally seeing your instagram stories where you tag us in your notes because i guess we're just professors now (laughs) this is bobo and flex university so thank you send us your notes we love them i'm gonna print them out and just put them on my wall because every time i'm editing these episodes i'm like wow we said that it was so profound love it um yeah Thank you for listening. Subscribe, follow us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.